Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, yet another episode as part of our Brotherhood Team Event coverage miniseries where we're going to be speaking to a number of the various team captains about their teams and lists as well as a little bit about their decisions and what they're going through in the preparation for the event. I'm now joined by the one and only, the infamous Jimbo9Jimbo Nine Jimbo from Team Eatbats. Welcome Jimbo. Hi Dan, how you doing? I am Live the Dream, how are you mate? I am not too bad, thank you very much. In- infamous sounds slightly concerning. Infamous. Yeah, well, I was thinking, I, trying to think. <laughs> I maybe I nearly said illustrious, but uh, you know, well, I didn't want to blow smoke up your yin yang. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. No one else does, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to start doing that. <laughs> so, for like the one or two people in the Age of Sigmar scene who don't know who the uh, this veritable champion of Age of Sigmar, Jimbo Nine Jimbo, what a celebrity. Who who are you? Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, apparently, I'm mostly a uh, a Twitter handle actually rather than being a person <laughs> uh, yeah so I'm Jimbo I'm based in Cambridge in East Anglia and I started playing Fantasy Battle um, right at the end of 8th Dead so about a year before it all died and then went straight into Age of Sigma and I've been playing it and loving it ever since so it's been great uh, I had the usual story of played Warhammer when I was a kid stopped when I got to mid-teens and got back into it when I'm quite a bit older than mid-teens Excellent, and can you explain who or what Eat Bats is? Ah, Eat Bats, yes, so that's kind of like the very loose club that I belong to uh, which is a group of us all based around East Anglia, so it's actually East Anglia Tabletop Battle and Tournament Squad ah. So one of the worst names ever, but that was decided before I joined I so. <laughs> never I li- that's, I'm, I've learned something Well done, this, really? is, this has been totally worth <laughs> I didn't realise it was an acronym. Yeah, it's the stupidest name ever. Apparently they came up with the acronym first. <laughs> and that was based on a drawing that one of the um, the, the founding members had had, uh, had drawn, obviously, uh, which was uh, an orc, or now an orc, eating a bat. So they were like, oh, eat bats. All right, okay. Madness. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm, madness. There you go. So, yeah, we've got about, oh, probably about 15 of us now. Uh, I'll say I'm in Cambridge. Uh, we're mostly around East Anglia, around Cambridge, within about half an hour of it. We do have a couple of guys that are actually down in South End, uh, so a bit further away as well. So, um, because we're all a little bit older, sadly, uh, a lot of them all have children, so they, they very selfishly can't come out and do club nights very easily. So we all actually go around each other's houses rather than actually to, to an organised club night. So, uh, yeah, it just works over chats and stuff like that, really, rather than being formalised. So, yeah, it's good fun. We go to tournaments together, have a good laugh, have a few beers, try and do well. Excellent. Usually. And so <laughs> how and why were you selected as team captain? Um, I wasn't aware there was a vote. So uh, basically I was the person that didn't step back. It sounds like democracy in action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got told I was doing it and I was like, oh, fine, I don't mind. It's not too bad. Quite, quite, enjoy, quite enjoy the card game anyway. So, <laughs> love, love a cheeky card game. So talk me yeah. through the talk me through your lists as a, as a team, you know, how you came about them and, and not necessarily the specifics of the list. We'll get we'll get onto that. But mm-hmm. how you designed your team lists together. 
Sure. I think it's going to be slightly different to the episodes you've recorded previously with people who actually know what they're doing. But anyway, <laughs> so, so in our team, we've got myself. Uh, we've got my very good friend, Mitzi, uh, Ben Mardle, Ollie Fox, John Williams, not the composer, and uh, Dan Seymour. So we are running. So I'm bringing my Stormcast, which is the Stormcast I have painted list. Uh, people might have seen it on Twitter. It's my non-metallic metal Stormcast. So it's taken me about 18 months to paint. And Absolutely that's what st- I've got. stunning army. And award-winning, is it not? Uh, it's, it's done all right. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite pleased with it. It was, uh, um, rightly it so. Was, thank you. It was, it was uh, having a bash at the non-metallic metal on one model that went a bit far. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Mitzman is bringing his iron jaws, so he's back onto them after having dabbled with the git for a little bit, but he's staying green skin. Uh, ben Mardle's bringing the carriage on overlords for the last hurrah before the new book. Uh, Ollie Fox is bringing his more tribes. He's a he's a, a long term uh, ogre player, so he's super excited about getting the more tribes on the table. Uh, John Williams is bringing his corn. Well, not really. He's bringing Archeon plus some other people, apparently corn affiliated. And Dan Seymour is bringing Nighthorn. Dan's probably our interesting player in that he doesn't play AOS. In fact, he's probably only played about five games ever. But he was one of the original founding members of Eat Bats. Uh, but he moved to Bristol. Oh, when did he move to Bristol? About three or four years ago. And he, he, he tried a couple of games at AOS. Didn't really enjoy it. Um, so he went into Kings of War. He's actually playing a lot of Blood Bowl now. So he goes to Blood Bowl World Cup. In fact, actually, he won Best Painted at the Blood Bowl World Cup four years ago when there were 900 players, which is pretty good. Uh, but since this event, Brotherhood, is in Cardiff, which is very close to Bristol, Dan was like, I'll come along and be an extra member. We can all hang out, have a few beers and see each other for a weekend. So, yeah, it's a, a bit more of a, a fun time for us rather than probably being that competitive. But we'll we'll give it a bash and uh, we're not going to try and lose, that's for sure. So was there? how much was there a kind of a discussion on... Uh, you know, with the exception of your Stormcast, where you say this is mm. this is what I've got painted, sure. was there a lot much discussion on what kinds of thing to take? You know, what battalion Mitzi was going to use and what shade of Archaeon John was going to use? Um, no, it was all pretty simple, if I'm honest. Um, Mitz, we've all got different armies. We, we've got everyone's got more than one, so we've got two or three each, uh, with the exception of Dan. Um, so it was relatively easy to to actually select. I can't. I think actually it was only Ollie and. Mitzi were the only two that both had more tribes and were both considering it. But Ollie really wanted to take them, and Mitzi actually wanted to get back out with the Iron Jaws, so that wasn't too much of an issue. Um, John just wanted to bring Archeon and then some stuff, so that was fine because none of the rest of us doing chaos. It's pretty easy. And then Dan, we just gave Dan a list of what armies we had that he could borrow, and he went through it and uh, decided on, I looked through some war scrolls and decided on the ones that he, he thought he'd, he'd enjoy the most. And uh, so he decided to go with the Nighthorn. He's actually, he, he plays quite a lot of tabletop um, games. So even though he's not experienced in AOS, he's one of those people who just pick stuff up pretty pretty quickly. And so he'll he'll be able to read the rules and just, just crack on and he, he won't give anyone a crap game. He'll definitely give them a good game. So, um, yeah, he's a lot more skilled at that than I am. And it's good to see Nighthawk on the table, to be honest, because they're, uh, they're not hugely represented, are they? No, they aren't. So maybe we'll catch a few people out with that because uh, obviously the lists that are out there, are, some of them are pretty spanky. Uh, and uh, I think seeing Nighthawks can be a little bit unusual for people. So they might maybe not remember what it does. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. That, that's, that's an epic strategy. Bring bring stuff that people aren't sure about. Well, I mean, you, you look at some of the lists and I think that's actually not just us that have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a yeah. lot of people have written some pretty crazy... No, that, that, that wasn't all facetious. That was, that was a, <laughs> I think we discussed it in previous episodes about, you know, the, the value of the unknown uh, against your opponent. Um, so it sounds like, obviously, there he wasn't a huge amount of deconfliction to do amongst the list. But what about things like endless spells? Was there any discussion about, like, oh, I really want to bring... Uh, the I don't know the the chronomatic cogs which Ollie's yeah. got. Did someone else want yeah. to bring that? Maybe. Um, yeah, basically Ollie 
yeah, so it's Chronomantic Cogs and uh, Ethereal Amulet were the two that really um, came up. And Ollie sent his list to me first, so he won, uh, <laughs> basically. And uh, I, 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 think I, I think I'm the only one that's actually got a non-Allegiance-specific um, artifact, actually. So I've got sort of judgment on my uh, Lord Arcanum on Dracoline. Uh, just for giggles, just good fun when it goes off. So yeah, uh, oh yeah, when you roll those sixes, <laughs> it's uh, it's happy days. Yeah, so I think they're the only two ones that are actually really really popping them. So no, there wasn't there wasn't much um, overlap at all because everyone's pretty um, sticking within their allegiance. We're not overlapping in any way, shape, or form actually. And what are you hoping to achieve from the weekend, both from a personal level yourself and also as a team? Um, I mean, as a team, to be honest, we want to have fun, but we you know we're going to try. And, as I said earlier, we're going to try and compete. Uh, we know we haven't got the strongest lists, and uh, um, I think particularly myself, my, my list is, is particularly weak, um, and probably Ben's as well. I mean, the Carriage and Overlord to kind of the existing book uh, is kind of one trick, which everyone really knows. So, um, well, yeah, we'll do our best. We'll uh, hope. I mean, we always say Eat Bats is uh, aim for mid-table mediocrity. That's, that's our aim in life. That's where we want to be. So uh, we'll try for that. See what we can do. Um, but apart from that, so yeah, um, on a personal note, obviously bring the Stormcast because they kind of look pretty, and I'm hoping to see if we can get a painting nomination would be very nice. So fingers crossed. Excellent. And who do you expect to see on the podium, having looked at the other teams and the other lists? Yeah. Um, I, I, two I picked out were Team Keen and Dice Studs Gamers Club, to be honest. And I think they're probably the ones that most people will pick out. They both look very strong teams, very strong lists, uh, very good players. So. I think those two will be certainly up there. I mean, it'd be interesting actually because some, you know, teams are going to have to take out each other, so it's going to be going to be quite interesting how, how it all works out. Particularly early on, if the if the draw is well, if those two draw each other, someone could have a really rubbish second game, <laughs> couldn't they? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, to be honest, it's 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 like well, any tournament, you know, matchups and the luck of the draw is is part and parcel of the event, isn't it? It's oh, certainly. getting yeah. matched up against the person that wins the event on a Sunday, uh, on the mm. Saturday morning, is, uh, is, is a kick in the teeth, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah, in singles definitely. events. Yeah, definitely. And particularly, you know, effectively, there's, there's, 22, there's 22 of us, isn't it? So the chance of being matched up is actually quite high. Yeah. At the end of the day, so, yeah. But there are a couple of other teams out there that we're kind of hoping to get matched up against as well. So um, uh, Team Angel, uh, got quite you know, good friends of ours in there. So hopefully we'll... Uh, draw them at some point, and actually the spare team who've just been pulled together to make team up even numbers. Team Twenty Two um, is actually captained by Alex McGee, who is actually an eat bats himself. He Judas. originally thought, yeah, well, he originally thought he couldn't make the event, uh, but then his wife's um, shift pattern changed, and so he was actually free that weekend. And Chris needed some extra players, so he um, he volunteered. He's actually team captain for um, for the Team Twenty Two, so um, he'll be there with us as well. So we'll have a good laugh with him. We we kind of really hope to draw him, and everyone wants to play him. Oh, fantastic. So, and he's also taking yeah. Nighthorn, isn't he? He is indeed. He Although, is indeed. Well, he's taking Legion of Grief, technically. Wow. Well, well. Yes. <laughs> most Mostly bed sheets. So. <laughs> exactly. Spooky <Yeah>. ghosts. <laughs> so what's out of all these lists that we've got? So we've got 22 teams of six lists. Uh, obviously, you've mentioned Team Keen and the Dice Studs mm-hmm. Gamers Club. Uh, but what lists specifically have you seen there that you think, oh, my goodness, whether it's whether it's at the event coming up or, or maybe perhaps facing it across uh, the table at a singles event, what what lists out there have you seen that you think, oh my goodness, I, I definitely would hate to be up against that? Mm, not necessarily would hate to be up against it. There's a couple of lists in there. Um, Adam Hall and Heath Barnes. So Adam's uh, with Bad Dice and Heath Barnes is with the Cunning Stunts. Both got very, very similar lists. 
with Dragfoot Cunning Rucks, and both have two rogue idols, which I think is awesome. I mean, any any list that has one rogue idol is obviously very orky, and uh, you know, one with two, two is just you know twice as good, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's fantastic. There's quite a few rogue idols actually I've seen going around. So. Well, now they've got well, the keywords. I think they've yeah. uh, they've kind of really been brought back into the game. They're really cool models as well. I mean, you know, obviously been around a while, but they're really funky. It's so cool. It just goes to show how like battle tomes can bring old units back back to life, really. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And they're great fun on the table as well. I mean, they said they look great, but yeah, you know, quite swingy with big attacks, big damage. To, to be honest, right. they weren't they weren't completely unknown before the book, were they? No, no, they weren't. Uh, Mitz used to run one occasionally, but maybe that's not saying too much. Uh, but no, you did see them occasionally. Um, you know, same as I remember we seen Mongols all the time. That's when they're quite good as well. Mongols. So. Oh, now, yeah. you're, now you're throwing it back to the what is this? 2017. <sighs> I know, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? I hated <laughs> that damn thing. <laughs> yeah so. so talk me talk to me about your lists as, as a team um are there is there a specific one that you you're particularly proud of that you think will do very well or that's got a, a nice little combo I, I think i think ollie's list is our is our key one that's the one that will probably do the best because a is quite a good player um and he's um he can write a filthy list so, so this is ollie um, fox your coach ollie fox yep he's, he's my coach so yeah i needed someone capable that was not going to be completely drunk when i was doing the uh, the draw so um yeah he'll give me a bit of a hand hopefully so um but yeah his so his uh, more tribes list uh, he's got four stone horns in there one of them's the ethereal um frost lord uh, so that's obviously quite tasty and it's got the metal cruncher on it so that's the artifact i think if you're if you're in combat with someone at the start of combat phase you take d6 mortal wounds just for giggles so pretty tasty uh, and then he's got uh, four mournfang and that's it <laughs> basically there's not a lot in there oh sorry no he's got he's got a um, slaughter master as well Okay, so, so we've got Frost yeah. Lord on Stonehorn with yep. Lord of Beasts, mm-hmm. Ethereal Avalar, e- e- oh, there we go, I'm, use your words, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> the No Rend Amulet, um, Mount, Mount Trait, Metal Crunchers, you mentioned. You've yep. got Huskard on Stonehorn with Blood Vulture and Brand of the Svard, and he's got Old Granite Tooth. Then you've got Slaughtermaster, he's got the Molten Entrails, uh, Law of Gut Magic, and then two Mornfang, two Mornfang, both with Gargan Hackers, and then two Stonehorn Beast Riders. And he's got the Earl Bad. The Earl Bad. And Chronomantic Cogs. And then a bit of Cogaroos in there for, mm. uh, one assumes, speeding things up rather than slowing things down. Indeed. So, yeah, basically it's a lot of buffs all going off on, on each other. Um, and uh, he, he moves ridiculously fast. I think his threat range without Cogs is 28 inches. Uh, with Cogs, it's 32. So um, I, I kind of describe setting up against Ollie as setting up in the next room, if I'm playing that list, against that list. So... <laughs> Yeah, it it moves rapid. Yeah. So, so apart from I think, speed, what else is that go, go, going for? It I, I, clearly yeah. resilience as well in there. <laughs> um, yeah, it hits like a train. That that frost lord. I mean, with the three up saves, pain in the backside. Um, so so yeah, I, I assume what he'll do is probably keep it together together quite a bit and and shove it around as a big blob of well meat basically running like straight a, into things. A big angry snowball. Indeed, indeed, uh, doing that. So I mean, it'll be good for some scenarios if you get, if um, if I totally balls up and chuck him something like scorched earth he won't be a happy bunny i suspect um but then again when the um stone horns counts there's 10 models so maybe maybe he might do all right on that one what scenarios do you think you'd want to match that one into then um well anything with like low low um low objective count i think i want to put him on to i think that's what he'd like as well he wants one target to go to and just go in there and hit it and, and like I said, you know, when they got the stone horns that count as ten models, if you have got four of them around something, like that's forty models effectively. You know, you're you're, you're fighting, you know, you're going up against 
you know, skeleton hordes in and out, outnumbering them and, and obviously probably beating the crap out of them as well. So mm. um, I'll be and, looking for stuff like that. And what about armies-wise? Have you kind of got something in mind that you think is strong in the meta or that you've seen in the lists now that you know you're going to line it up against? Uh, anything, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, Oli will probably get the harder matchups because he's, as I said earlier, he's the better player uh, and and his list is, is probably better and because he can get to combat so quickly. Um, particularly things so things like Total Commitment, we're going to struggle with. Uh, my Stormcast will struggle anyway, but um, I'll struggle on that one and so will the Carriage and Overlords. So we don't particularly want those guys on it. And I think Oli can like fill the gaps, actually, more than anything else. So he'll be more um, uh, more useful to us across different scenarios. Okay, fair enough. So that's Ollie's. And what about anyone else's? Anything else that you want to kind of talk about? Um, I'd probably I'd probably pick up Ben actually because it's the last march of the Carriage and Overlords book, the original Carriage and <laughs> Overlords book. Last float. The last, well, the last float. float. Yeah, the last float of the book, which um, you kind of like buy the book and then bin it and then go and read the FAQs to find out how the army works. So um, yeah, uh, Ben's Ben's gone for a Barrack Zilfin list, which is actually quite unusual because he always played Urbaz. So I don't quite know why he's gone for Zilfin this time, but there we go. Uh, so yeah, he's gone for um, Zilfin. He's got his uh, chemist with Fleetmaster and the uh, Aethershock Earburster. That's quite an interesting one. That's the bravery you... shenanigans one, isn't it? Yeah, if you cause a, if you no, if you kill a model with it, isn't it? If you kill a model with it, it forces an immediate battle shock test um, in the shooting phase, which I, is very uh, moment dependent, isn't it? You know, that, that could be helpful. It could be absolute garbage. But um, it's quite an interesting, unusual one, so could be quite good fun, especially on low, low bravery armies. If he's already killed a load, I was about to say with magic, but that's going to be highly unlikely. With other shooting in the shooting phase, then you never know. Could be interesting. Um, he's also got Brock as well, Brock Grunson, the lesser seen named character for the Caradron Overlords, who is garbage, but he just wanted to take him out for a, one event. This is, he's never taken him before to an event, so he, he chucked him in. So, yeah. Why do you think he's of- garbage? Uh, he seems to die very quickly. Uh, he's, has he like eight wounds and a three-up save? So very similar to the um, uh, Celestin Prime. Mm. Just a bit squishy, frankly. That's the problem. He's not got the Prime's output either, does he? No, and the Prime's output isn't that great. Mind you, he's 100 points less than the Prime. So, um, yeah, it's just that survivability. Eight wounds on a three-up save. And, you know, no way of... You, know, you can't um, you can't give him the Ethereal Amulet or anything like that because he's a named character. So he just become very, very squishy, I, I think. Mm. Eight, eight wounds is not a lot. It really isn't, especially with a bit of rend in there. So yeah, um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see him on the table anyway. Uh, hopefully, he'll do something amazing. We shall see. Um, I've told him he's got to charge his harness every time he uses him. So he better roll, not roll that one. I mean, if you're going to take it, it's kind of like a Skaven thing, isn't it, or or a Grot thing. You, you might as well just gamble. Oh yeah, is my even, even even on one wound left, if he's not rolling that dice, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> it's good just ch- <laughs> channeling the spirit of uh, of the gamble. Yeah. Yeah, no guts, no glory. Exactly. And then mm. what about yourself? You said that you, you're taking what you've got painted rather than what's strictly competitive. But how would you, if you had the time and had the models painted up, what would you be taking that's different to your list? Uh, not Stormcast, basically. <laughs> well, let's stick to Stormcast uh, then. What would, uh, how, would you, how would you adapt your list to make it more so, kind of competitive? Mm, I don't, don't know if it would be more competitive, but what I would like to do is put a lot more Vanguard Paladors in because I find them incredibly useful. Um, they don't necessarily have the damage output, but the movement on them is, is exceptional. Uh, with five wounds each and a four-up save, you know, there's a decent amount of wounds in, in, in three of them. They come in threes. And then you get the options of being 
bit more close combat, a bit more further, you know, a bit more long range. And they've all got the Bolston pistols, which is nine inch range with two shots. So um, I chuck the javelins on mine, but um, I really like them. I, I'd like to have bigger units of them. I, if I was making another list that wasn't trying to make it look um, uh, for going for painting kind of stuff, um, then I'd have a lot more Vanguard Paladors in them. Uh, what I'd drop is the Evocators on Dracolines because I find them abysmal. You, you just feel they should do so much because they're these big boundy cats. They look so cool and they just disappoint every time. And they're, they're 40 more points than mm. the, the five on foot, but you can deep strike the five on foot. So yep, I, I know deep strikes are one off and you know the, the Dracolines have got the movement built into the scroll, but if you're looking no, at the, kind of like a, the, the alpha style thing, then I think the foot Evocators do it better oh massively yeah they massively stand up yeah they're, they're, they're way way better the evocators definitely on foot sorry yeah massively and the other thing i actually really do like in this list uh, is the um deus arcanum which is uh, the knight and cantor cast because anyone that can that's not something that... you see a huge amount is it no I mean, you've got comet her... in there obviously um yeah that's basically because it's 100 points you mean, I mean i have to paint another big unit <laughs> stop pretending um... it's because the comet's really good <laughs> Well, it actually gives nice, good range for doing mortal wounds. I don't have a massive amount of mortal wounds in the army. Um, but the Deus Arcanum, yeah, the Knight and Cantor, it gives them a 12-inch move and an extra plus one on their save, so it goes to a two-up save um, with a 12-inch move that I find is really handy for nipping around and grabbing objectives. Um, yeah, especially when, with, when heroes score as well. Yeah, and, and okay, she's only a five-wound hero, but on a two-up, if you get her into cover, she'll, you know, renders when neg one is then not affecting you um but also she's actually quite pokey with four attacks three threes neg one d3 and um, you can and smash you, get... you can smash your vials as well yeah exactly you can, yeah you can you can drop those and, if d3. You... and against large units yeah. you know what is that 3d three mortal wounds or three to three yeah three to three yeah. yeah so um so yeah i i find i find that a really useful little addition for 30 points i think i think it's a brilliant little spell frankly and uh it wasn't one that i initially went with when i made the army but i, was, I realized she was so slow she wasn't doing anything and that was um and my, my friend Bedge, um who's actually not coming with us unfortunately uh, he couldn't make the event uh he started using it and i was like mm, that looks good so uh, yeah borrowed the idea you mentioned paladors a, a second ago i just think mm. they're such a, a useful uh, it's such a frustrating unit because their output isn't that great but they buy that back with some amazing maneuverability i'd love to run like almost a pure vanguard list uh mm. but not 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 stated that it's pure just so you've got the flexibility to take things like um the incantors and things like that but heavy on the paladors heavy on the hunters use the um the lord aquila's command ability to drag hunters with you use take a zephyros as well so she can be t- uh, taken up with the uh, ride the winds of theric as well and just play like a kind of you know, like wood elves in seventh is it seventh edition kind of style wood elves um this is yeah. bef- clearly before my time sure. but that, that kind of like scooting around the map not really killing anything too much but just avoiding things and, and bouncing around yeah i think there'd be an awesome list I, I do think there's something there there's a battalion as well come it's called now for the hunters um which i think gives them a little bit of extra Extra oomph as well. I, I know one of the lads, um, Kai Kai Baker, was running that maybe a year, eighteen months ago or something like that, and was doing all right with it. So I've um, got an Aquila yeah. and uh, two units of five hunters in my um, Soul Strike Brotherhood. Oh right, okay. Uh, well, because the hunters are mandatory in the Soul Strike Brotherhood, it's the the Castigator drop one. Uh, but, and then I just took the Aquila because by the point I'm essentially I'm being taxed on two units of hunters, I might as well make them battle line. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, I think that'd be. I think that's cool. I I love the paladors. I, I 
they're my favourite unit in the army. Uh, definitely, they, they're so flexible. You know, you, you can bung one. You don't have to put them in deep strike as well because they because they move so far. They're on the table to start off with. So don't have to worry about that. That's one unit I'm not worrying about having to put in the sky. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that and that buys you a unit to go into the sky, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the last unit I, I painted and put into this army was actually the Evos on foot. Um, uh, and then effectively, the, the paladors allow me to put them in the sky. So they're, they're they're your sky thing. I think the other the other option is you take something like a banner to fly them around, or you take a a priest to um, yeah. translocate them around. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, you'll roll that three up though, haven't you? you so. That's the problem. You you have to roll that three up. But it, what it does mm. do is you can you can put buffs on them and hero face, so you can cast their spells. Yeah. And you can cast spells onto them, or you can use terrain, that kind of thing, and then you can launch them around and charge them. Whereas yeah. when they when they arrive on the drop, they haven't spent a turn, they haven't spent any time on the hero, no. in the hero phase on the table, so they don't have anything with them. So you're purely no. relying on the strength yep. of the war scroll, and that's for evocators. That's not something to be sniffed at because it's a good war scroll. But no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so they, they do miss out on the on, on all the magic and stuff like that. So yeah. It, I have had them on the table before. It does depend on the scenario, but I tend to put them in the sky. It just gives, and also, it's a psychological threat as well. So people know the Evos are in the sky, and like you say, they, they put out a decent amount of damage. So people play differently against them. Yeah, absolutely. So Def- it's, definitely it's just valuable that So yeah, so they're they're better than they actually are. If, you, if that doesn't make any sense. But. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're stronger than just themselves on their own. That they're a force multiplier. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, have you had any challenges on the way? Any, any you know, like any team dropouts or anything like that? Obviously, Dan Seymour living in Cardiff, he, you haven't kind of tested the list against him, and he doesn't play. You mentioned that, but any yeah. other challenges? Um, no, actually, it's been it's been pretty easy. Everyone's got super excited about it. You know, we signed up. Um, we were actually quite late to sign up, actually, so we weren't. You know, people trying to sort out real life, as it were. But once we'd all put the names down and uh, spoken to Chris, yeah, everyone's been on it, and uh, yeah, just just getting. Can't wait for what was it ten days now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, yeah, I know. Yeah, so super looking forward to it. Um, no, so it's been really easy, and uh, we've got a little ch- extra chat thread going on that with just our guys. Obviously, Alex McGee's not in there, so we're giving away all our secrets. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, everyone's just really looking forward to it. Um, That's what we need in um, our life: more WhatsApp chats. <laughs> God, no, it isn't. Is it? <laughs> Worst thing in the world ever. Um, oh. Obviously, Met- Metro's has been mentioned more than once. It has uh, been mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Will, will you be frequenting? I'm sure we will. <laughs> It'd be rude, rude not to. Is there anything you're you're sort of apprehensive about the weekend? No, really looking forward to it. Um, we know obviously a, a lot of people that are going, so it's be great to see everyone, have a good chat, roll some dice, um, get some hard, hard matchups, and test ourselves, see what we can do. And if you had to offer one piece of advice to all players attending, what would it be? <laughs> so you messaged me about this earlier, and so I was sitting on the train home and thinking, what what would I say that's not? Because everyone thinks of, you know narrative, narrative player, narrative player, but obviously I do play quite a lot of. Um, match play in fact that's probably the most i play so my advice to anyone and this is just actually just playing anyway is playing hard is optional but playing fair is mandatory interesting words of wisdom hmm. do you want to expand on that slightly yeah um there's no problem with people having hard games you know playing pushing hard lists and and giving someone else the hardest game they can but um do it in within the rules you know don't you know people shouldn't shouldn't try and try and break the rules and, and try and bend stuff and or break, you know totally totally go off and 
and you know dodgy dice is the worst thing you can think of isn't it not i'm saying anyone does do that but i think i think playing fair you know looking at looking at what you've done if, if you've accidentally moved you know moved something out of coherency you, you know and gets the battle shot phase and your opponent points it out it's like yeah actually i made that mistake and you, you know you shouldn't be asking for um a take backs really i don't think excellent cool well thanks very much well thanks very much for joining us um before we move on to the final two questions have you got any shout outs um yeah i do have a couple uh first of all uh, our friend Bed runs our Eat Bats podcast, which is called Eat Bats of Sigmar. So all one word. Uh, that's our Twitter handle. So if people want to go and have a listen to that, we actually did record an episode last night um, with uh, Christine Coram and um, a chap called Alan. I can't remember what his surname is now. Uh, just talking about because they haven't had a very successful season playing uh, Warhammer. They're both quite new players. Uh, and they found it a little bit tricky, but it's really interesting to chat to them and how they found it and how they found the community and how they really enjoyed it. So that episode should be out now. So if you want to go and have a listen to that, that'd be great. Um, and also, obviously, the Mitzi and Jimbo show. Which I was going to say, you, if, if someone wanted to uh, <laughs> to watch perhaps something on YouTube that was uh, you know focused on Age of Sigmar, do you have got any shows to recommend, Mitzi? Yeah, yeah, the Mitzi and Jimbo show, which is obviously myself and Mitzman. Uh, we, we do a, a very irregular show, which we haven't actually done an episode for about three months because i actually got a new job three months ago uh, which involves me traveling down to london which is about a two-hour commute each way so that's curtailed my um my, my freedom unfortunately a minute and it's my, my new job's taking up quite a bit of my time so we will get back on it uh but actually probably we might be recording at brotherhood so that could be quite interesting and then we're off to adepticon in march so we'll definitely be recording there and i'm sure we'll get something out before then once i've actually settled down a bit more into the job so very exciting um, and is that just yeah. youtube or is there a podcast version as well uh we have a podcast as well so that's on all the standard podcast things that shove it out that mitzi deals with and i don't know anything about that you know more about than i do dan so um but also if you want to catch us on twitter on that one we've got at mitzi and jimbo but if you want to contact me i'm at jimbo and jimbo as you said earlier or eat bats mitzi fantastic so final questions if you could mm. protect one thing about age of sigmar and never have it changed what would it be so let's say the game's being rewritten from the ground up and uh, you can only protect one thing and then if you could only change one thing about age of sigmar and the rest of the game is never going to change what would that be uh the thing i would stick to and you'll be very pleased Dan. i know that's works is the priority role bam boom i'll pay you later mate thank you <laughs> here to help buddy here to help no i think it's critical absolutely critical um because so many tabletop games you can be out of it you know out of it so early on and you're never going to get back in and even turn one i'm thinking you know some uh, 40k games where you just get blasted out turn one if you didn't get turn one and it's like well that's no fun if you have a priority role you've always got a chance of coming back in you know getting back in but it also works the way around you can be absolutely smashing someone but if the priority role goes against you you could potentially then lose it um because aos is so killing you know stuff dies really quickly generally um so things can things can swing a lot quicker than you think they can uh, i think the priority role is absolutely key and what about something that you could if you could only change one thing yeah get rid of the ethereal amulet hate it yeah hate hate it hate it hate it hate it yeah really do. <laughs> so for particularly on models where you can get reroll saves as well so yeah I, I really don't really don't like that i'm a massive fan of rend i like rend so yeah that kind of goes against what i what i what i like so yeah the ethereal amulet is the thing i don't like what do you think about the malign sorcery artifacts kind of library as it were as a whole <sighs> We were talking about this the other day, actually, in our Eat Bats chat, um, whether they're actually now pretty much defunct, given that there are so many books out there for so many allegiances. Um, it's a tricky one. Uh, 
so so the reason I'm saying that is because how do you how do you, in a game how do you make the mortal realms uh, have their character? The different mortal realms have their character on the table without it just being like you know a basic bun fight. I'm going to try and kill someone else. Dum dum da da. And the artifacts are one way of doing it. Obviously, you've also got the realmscape abilities as well, which is the thing that actually more more brings in um, the flavour of the mortal realms. But I think the artifacts also have their place as well. Um, the, the problem with them at the moment is there are some that are just so significantly stronger or more useful, not just stronger, but yeah, more useful than others, and there's some you just don't see. Um, so uh, it feels like there's a lot of bloat in there. Um, perhaps they could be brought down a bit. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't particularly want to see them go down the old Warhammer Fantasy battle route of giving points to artifacts. Um, personally, I don't really want to go back to that because that then makes this building even more of a pain in the butt than it already is. Um, so, yeah, I, I think trying to keep it simple. Yeah. I don't do, know. Do you, think, do you think maybe <laughs> are we are we due Malign Sorcery version two? You know, with a whole a whole new mm. suite of artifacts. Could that could that be a thing? Could, or do you, or do you do. think do you think it's needed in the game at all? I don't think it's needed. I I, I like having options. Um, so I'm aware there are some events out there that won't let people use malign sorcery artifacts which is fine and the ones that do let them use it so there's options there people can make the decisions what they want to go to so that's good um so no i wouldn't want to see it all gone uh, malign sorcery too potentially for me the time maybe that would have worked better would, would be when um they had all the nagash fun with uh, the big explosion maybe that they could have had more come out then obviously they'd have some well they had they uh, had forbidden power didn't they yeah. where we had new ender spells yeah, but it was only a couple, wasn't it? it? Wasn't maybe that that would have been the point to do it potentially? I don't know. Um, but like I say, at the moment, it's, it's quite a lot of bloat. So so if they were, so I'd say if they were going to redo the line, sort of do a line sorcery two, then I'd probably cut down the number of artifacts, uh, or um, maybe maybe have like three artifacts for each realm, and then maybe three extra command abilities for each realm or something like that maybe so you don't have just a different way of doing things i don't know something like that potentially Not sure. there's so much choice so much choice out there and so many options mm. so uh yeah we shall see well jimbo as i say thank you very much for joining us we appreciate your time and all that remains is for me to wish you and all of ebat's team the best of luck at the upcoming tournament thank you very much dan thank you for having me it's been great to chat no worries take care cheers buddy Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve, or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll. Priority Roll.